Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today is the second episode in a two-part conversation about employer value propositions and employer branding. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it now. It'll make everything we talk about today make a lot more sense. You can find that episode in your podcast feed, or if you're listening on our website, just scroll down and click the link to part one. In our last episode, we talked about the process of gathering insights and developing an EVP that is dynamic, unique, aspirational, and authentic. Today, we're talking about how to effectively put that EVP out into the world. Back with me is Simon Wright. As managing partner for our talent advisory practice, Simon is a trusted advisor to HR and talent leaders. Operating at a strategic level, Simon has a proven track record of building and driving creative and innovative strategic talent programs that positively impact business performance. Simon, thanks for joining me again to continue our conversation about EVPs and employer branding. It's great to be back. So I really just want to start where we left off last week, talking about how to develop a strong EVP. So once an organization develops that EVP using the method that we already talked about, how do they put it out into the world? What is the first step to a successful rollout? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, And it's an interesting one in terms of uh, organizations sometimes uh, jump to uh, the kind of external first uh, and want to launch it with with the outside world. But I think critically, it's about starting from from the inside out, uh, because uh, ultimately, you know, we talked uh, in the last episode about this need for it's about the lived experience, the brand. So if people internally within the organization don't understand the proposition, uh, they're not kind of bought into uh, the story that you're trying to tell. You know, it's not part of the experience that they have actually your ability to land it externally is severely constrained because when people join the organization uh, there'll be a disconnect between people joining and the people that are there if they're not kind of all almost uh, also bought into to that journey as well so for us it really starts from from the inside out to to help make employees understand and really embrace it and become engaged with, with the brand so they become uh, uh, brand ambassadors from the get-go and the great thing is that clearly, you know, through the insights phase of gathering information, as I, as I mentioned in, in the last podcast, um, actually, you've already got senior stakeholders and colleagues involved in the project through that, through that discovery phase. So it's a great group of people to start with to become champions for the brand and really help you to, to launch it internally. And I think when you when you think about that internal launch, there are different audiences that, that you need to kind of bring on the journey. The first is the leadership team and, and line managers and, and hiring managers to understand that, that elevator pitch so that they can kind of be at the forefront of describing why people should uh, work for the organization and, and why people should stay as well. You know, getting people all galvanized by that kind of single story and having that uh, repetition so that people can start to hear it in all the conversations 
what you don't want it to be do, do is for it to be scripted and staged, but what you do need is for everyone to kind of have a common understanding of what that elevator pitch and then put it into their own, own words and own language so it starts to resonate with people in the organization. So the way that leaders talk and the way that leaders talk about what's happening in the organization through a people lens, using the EVP and the employer brand platform as the vehicle to do that can be really powerful. And a good example would that be with one organization, we, we were just about to start the EVP journey with them. And it was quite interesting at the time, they were uh, trying to move to agile working. So they were moving from a kind of fixed desk state to wanting to move to a more flexible working arrangement. And part of the reason to do that was to, to create that agility was to drive more innovation, to drive more creativity within, within the business. But what the organization communicated was to say, you know, floors three, four, and seven are going to be uh, refurbished. So you're all going to have to squash onto floors one and two. Instead of describing a vision of, as an organization, we're driving to be more creative, more innovative. And to do that, we're going to create a great workspace that allow, that's going to allow you to collaborate. So it's very much about the lens that you put on, the way that you communicate what's happening within the organization and using the EVP as a, as a center point for it. For line managers and, and hiring managers, it's very much in that day-to-day. -day. So we all know when a candidate comes for an interview now, the candidate's saying, what are you going to offer me, not, not the other way around. So making sure that our hiring managers uh, really understand what that pitch is and when a candidate asks that question, they can very uh, easily and simply articulate that proposition and make sure that it's, it's really in tune with what that candidate's looking for as well. So that kind of first group of people is the leaders and managers within the organization to be able to sell that elevator pitch. Then also understanding the elevator pitch is the recruiters, so making sure that the recruiters really understand how to uh, feed that messaging into their conversation. So, you know, when they've done their sourcing and they're having that first engagement with the candidate, their outreach allows them to start to, to bed that in. Um, when they're starting to do their job posting externally, those recruiters are kind of trained up on understanding what those brand messages are so that they can and feed those into the communications subtly rather than it being a kind of big big explosive launch uh, but then also thinking about the the later stages so as uh, you've got the interviews how does that feed into the the assessment experience that people have how does it feed into uh, the onboarding experience so that all of the touch points on that employer journey the candidate um, feels that they're starting to see that the brand come to life from an almost inside-out perspective of being engaged with the organization, so not, not through a, a marketing lens. And then finally, it's about your, everyone in the organization being empowered to share, their, to share the story. So as part of the internal launch, it's not about saying that we've got an EVP, it's about that the narrative and that platform and people being able to engage with it to tell their story. So, you know, if that EVP has got that sense of, of creativity and innovation in it, um, for example, you know, how do you run internal competitions to get people to share their stories of when they've been at their most creative or uh, where the organization's done things which have been particularly innovative and how teams have come together to, to work on that? Because what that gives you is great content that you can then start to um, curate and push out externally through your social channels or on your career site that allows you when you do, when it does become time to go to the external market with, with your messaging, you've got actually the build of content and the build of those stories to pr uh, have the proof points that back up the messages that you want to deliver.
So how do you practically manage that internal rollout? You already talked about the types of people who need to understand the messaging, but how do you get them to the point where they can effectively understand and spread that message? So in terms of the rollout, really, it's about setting out a, a, a kind of strategic plan around uh, the interventions because the rollout isn't something which happens in a, in a short period of time. It's something which is about a sustained effort over a long period of time. And also it's based on resources and it's based on budget as well. So the way that we will always look at it is to think about almost a three-year program of activity because some of it will feed into existing initiatives that, that you're going to have. So, you know, don't, um, don't buy, the, uh, buy the elephant in one go or eat the elephant in one go. You know, you've got to do it in, in a, a series of steps. So the first is to have a really clear roadmap for a, for a long period of time and to plug in the interventions of where there are opportunities to uh, you know, embed it into, uh, into a policy or a, a practice or um, you know, if you're reviewing your reward strategy that it, it feeds at those times. In the initial launch phase though, however, really it's a hearts and minds thing. So it's about making sure that what you do is get uh, your leaders and your managers firstly really bought into, uh, into that story and that narrative. And as I said before, you know, crucially, the insights phase is not just about gathering those insights, it is a buy-in process. Because it's really important that people both see the benefit of what the EVP is going to bring so that they're prepared to invest time and effort into it, but also they're going to hopefully hear their voice coming through in what we're expressing as the EVP. So it might be to do storytelling training and to help them, equip them with that elevator pitch so that they can feel confident when they're communicating. It might be with uh, hiring managers to give them the uh, toolkits to help them in their conversations with, with candidates and give them assets that they can use maybe to keep candidates warm as they're, um, they're going through the recruitment process. So some of those little touches that enable them to kind of bring, bring the brand to life. So very much at one level around the kind of training to get people to buy in at, um, at a kind of uh, heart level, uh, firstly. But then we need to give people the kind of tangible tools to be able to pick it up and run with it easy. We know that, you know, for leaders and managers in an organization, you know, they've got a busy agenda, running their businesses, running their operations. So it's about making it as simple as possible but making sure that we can help them think about where those touch points are and map out where, where they can be fed in. For recruiters, uh, giving them uh, almost the assets to, to run with from the get-go, the tools that they can have. So whether that's a library of assets that, that enables them to uh, post their, their content out, so easily put ads together uh, by using kind of templated activities or being able to pull together different elements to, to make up uh, posts um, so they can start to get that consistency through for it. And then for employees, really one of the easiest ways to start to launch it is to think about things like referral programs. Because referral programs are a easy, really easy way to reinforce actually what the, why, why the organization is a great place to work. So introduce the idea of the EVP to them. So a reminder of what a great organization it is and what the story is. But then actually encourage them to, to grab hold of it and, and use that and share that story with their, uh, with their network of, um, uh, talent and, and people that they know in the network that they may have worked with previously. So almost using the referral as the um, as the vehicle to be able to subtly land some of those key messages 
um, with the workforce so that they can then share it in their, in their talent network more broadly. And that goes full circle because if that feeds into the conversation with, with line managers where they're really celebrating referrals and the success of referrals in an organization, then the line managers are reinforcing some of those messages that come, uh, come from the EVP too. So moving on to an external rollout, you get to share your EVP with candidates. What are some key ways you can get your message out there throughout the entire candidate journey? Yeah, absolutely. And that, and I think what's uh, fascinating is almost how candidate behavior has changed. So uh, I think, you know, for a very long time, recruitment was quite transactional in its nature, which was someone wanted to change jobs. They would go and look for a job. They would apply for a, for a job. So it was quite simple. It was It was quite transactional. Job seekers now are far more sophisticated in the way that they search. Um, and actually, um, they spend far more time researching organizations before they move it almost into what I would describe as the buying um, process of making a decision to apply for a job. So we have to really think about uh, the candidate behavior and therefore what are the touch points and what's the journey that a candidate goes on and therefore what, what content, what messages do we need to deliver at the right time on that journey to help nudge people along to, to make the decision. So the first is really to think about the difference between uh, reputation and activation. So by reputation, what I mean is what are the activities we need to do to build the reputation of the brand in the marketplace uh, versus activation, which is around almost that transactional, how do we get people to apply for jobs? How do we get people to buy? Um, and therefore distinguishing between those, those two things. So when I talk about reputation, um, some of the activities that you need to think about there will be around, well, you know, we've got our Glassdoor profile or we've got our Indeed reviews. How do we make sure that really, you know, through through our pages when people are starting to look at those employer reviews, that actually we're telling our story there. We're responding to comments. We've got our own content that we're publishing, which, which talks about um, our story and brings our story to life in terms of, um, you know, whether it's different people profiles or whether it's spotlights on uh, particular elements of the EVP to make sure that you start to land some of those messages. And do it in a way which uses different formats of media. So whether that's things like this as a podcast or whether that's video or whether it's kind of short vignette stories and infographics, really think about different formats to deliver, deliver that content. Because most people are going to start their job search by either asking their friends what they think of a company, which is why the advocacy bit is, is really important from your existing employees, or they're going to go to a review site to, to look. The other place that they're probably going to go is to go to social media or a professional network, so whether that's Facebook or, or LinkedIn. So when they go there, what do they see? Do they get a real sense of the culture? Do they get a real sense of what the, the value proposition is? And have you got content on that really reinforces the story you want to tell? Uh, and is that fit for purpose? So really thinking about your social media strategy and thinking about the kind of your content pillars and the calendar of content that you push out. How is that aligned with, the, with your EVP and the EVP pillars? so that you can start to reinforce those messages over time with a, with a constant um, feed of really engaging and, and rich content that allows you to, to tell that story. So they're the kind of first stages where a candidate's gonna be thinking about um, engaging with a brand and maybe they should apply for an organization. At that point then, they're probably gonna go and search for a job. So making sure that you've got visibility 
um, on the job boards and the way that you write your your job ads uh, is both brand enhancing. So again, it's not just a set of features of what you require for someone to do in terms of the job, but actually really sell the organization, really sell that proposition as well as talking about the skills and the talents and the behaviors that you're looking for, frame the organization and that story there. Because if people are looking at two or three uh, job adverts, actually if you've got one which is more engaging and they've already seen some of your social content, it's a reinforcement of what's starting to build as a picture in, in their mind. And then when they come to the career side, what, what's typically going to happen is they're going to go straight to the ATS and apply for a job. But what will happen, and, and one of the trends that we've really seen uh, take off, is actually candidates are far more um, uh, focused on coming back and preparing for the next stage in that process. So rather than seeing the career site as being the shop window, and that's at the point where they're deciding whether to apply for a job with your organization or not, more often than not now, by the time they come to the career site, they've already decided. So actually, it's about that career site reinforcing, uh, reinforcing the view that uh, hopefully you've been able to deliver up until that point by making sure that almost you're bringing them closer to the organization, making them feel as if they're, they're part of the organization already by delivering content which makes you um, uh, bring puts you across as being more open, uh, and more transparent to to help keep people in that process and nudge them along. And then you've got to think about within that process all the touch points in terms of, you know, when a recruiter reaches out, how warm and engaging are are the emails and the SMS messages and uh, those conversations that take place, all those little moments uh, within the moments that that you have. And then the assessment experience. So, you know, if you've got a really strong EVP, which which um, is around creativity and innovation, and they come in for an interview and it's in a kind of um, uh, a cupboard uh, with in a room with no windows and it's a bit dark, um, is that really a reflection of your EVP? So what's the experience that you want a candidate to have when they come in for their interview or their assessment? And how is that? Uh, how does that come to life as an experience for them where they're really engaged uh, rather than kind of just going through a process where you're testing their ability to do the job. So a real opportunity to kind of be brand enhancing. And then post the interview, how do you follow up? So how do you make sure that um, you keep those people engaged and when you get to offer, what does that offer uh, look like? Is it, again, a, a kind of a transactional in nature to go, we want to offer you a job? Or is it a real celebration that, you know, your great talent joining a great organization and then feeding into the onboarding experience before day one? So not just the functional things about sorting uniforms out or sorting IT equipment out, but actually creating that emotional engage, uh, engagement so you create that connection. So when they join on day one, almost they already feel part of the organization rather than day one being the starting point. It's almost day one minus 30 or 60 or 90. Um, that actually they get closer to the organization first so that when they come in, they hit the ground running. Throughout this conversation about rolling out your EVP and employer brand platform, we're talking about a long period of time, several years you mentioned at one point. So how do you keep your EVP and employer branding platform dynamic, which as we discussed in our last episode is so important? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question in terms of making sure that um, you use data to inform all the decisions. So 
I would say an EVP is always in beta, so it's always in a state where where it needs to be agile to adapt and be dynamic to that change. And there are loads of different um, sets of data that you can use to inform the the decision-making process. And there are lots of uh, touch points along that candidate journey and employee journey where you can collect insights from people having got the EVP. So some of it might be at its most basic level, from in your attraction activities, what are you starting to see from your social media activity in terms of engagement, in terms of likes, in terms of shares? Uh, you know, are you seeing that there is lots of engagement with your content and people are responding positively to it? People like the content and sharing it. So, you know, there's some great analytics that you can start to see from, from what you post on, on social. If you're kind of building your brand in um, other digital channels in terms of, uh, you know, if you're using programmatic, it allows you to test your messaging. So you can do real time, what they call A-B testing, which allows you to test different messages with different audience in different formats to see which responds in, in the best way. So for example, uh, does uh, add A with message A perform better than add B with message B? And sometimes, you know, through that refinement process, you'll be able to see what messages deliver the best returns. So at a kind of tactical level, looking at um, what's happening in terms of, you know, in real time, what's happening with the messages that you're pushing out, you can refine those messages to see what things work and what things don't work. Um, so you get to a kind of core set of, of uh, messages that are really effective. More broadly, then, it's around um, looking at kind of benchmarking and tracking how the brand's performing. So when we talked uh, earlier, we talked about the um, the need to make sure that the employer brand has, um, you know, we look at the personality of a brand, we look at the attributes of a brand. So if we're doing um, those perception studies, um, as part of the initial insights phase that we talked about in the first podcast, um, actually, what you need to do is then track how is the brand delivering what you wanted it to do. So doing benchmarking studies where you go out to the external market and, and ask people, well, what's your recall of the brand? When you see the brand, what do you think of it? So you can test point A prior to launching the brand and, and test point B 12 months, 18 months, two years down the line to see actually are you seeing an impact in the areas that you wanted so back to the difference between evp and employer brand uh is how we've defined the employer brand uh, is how we define the evp how people are actually seeing the employer brand in the external marketplace and again you can kind of refine and adjust and then finally um you know you've got opportunities in terms of uh, surveys as part of the candidate experience so um, you know, feedback loops to see uh, as people went through the recruitment uh, process, what did they think, what did they feel, was it a good experience, how would they describe the experience. So you can put in uh, continuous improvement steps to make the recruitment journey better, to add more information, to dial up key messages which are in there. And then also on the other side, look at exit data around why are people leaving and what's the relationship between why people leave and the promises that you're expressing through the employer brand. Are we over promising um, on, um, on those factors uh, against what we've set out in the, in the messaging as well? So there's a whole series of different 
um, data points that, that you, most organizations probably already collect that can give you that lens to see how are you doing and therefore where are the areas to optimize and refine um, the EVP to make sure it continues to be fit for purpose. So this is a really big process. How do you find the right partner who can work with you from beginning to end, gathering insights, developing your EVP all the way to this rollout stage? Yeah, I think uh, finding a partner um, can be really tough because I think, um, you know, you're looking for uh, um, in, in defining the EVP a, a number of things. So the first thing is really finding a partner that just goes beyond a kind of process of collecting data about what people want. So, you know, uh, doing building an EVP, which is just purely based on quantitative research, isn't going to help you in the long term because it doesn't give you the richness of stories. So we talked a lot about the launch um, today, and that, that really is about being able to tell the stories that you collect from the insight phase to provide the proof points and the evidence that back it up. So building an EVP, which is based just on quantitative research isn't going to be um, last for the for the long term. So finding a partner that can really uh, do both the quantitative and qualitative piece and take that and translate that into messaging is critical. There are lots of providers that, that just do research, but to be able to take that research and turn those insights into actionable messaging is is, is, is really the first thing. Equally, on the other side of that, you need that partner that can do the research. So, having a um, you know a, a marketing agency that uh, can come up with strap lines in a dark room, whilst everyone in the room might like the idea, does it really resonate with all the audiences that you're looking to attract, both globally and then in the different talent segments, whether that's digital or in contact centres or uh, in distribution? So, you, you need a you need that underpinning research to to really inform it. So, so that's important. The second factor, I think, is then an organization that really understands those nuances of different geographies, different talent segments, can really understand the cultural differences of uh, 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 that exist within an organization and in those different geographies as well, because that complexity can really make or break an EVP in terms of its longevity. So we've talked in the um, example for uh, Linklaters about the need to make sure that you know you can dial those messages up or dial those messages down. Having a, a partner that can translate um, and, and, and provide that flexibility is, is really, really important. And be able to cut through that complexity as well because um, you know on those types of projects on a global scale, You've got to make sure that you get buy-in from the leadership team around the business case for investing in an EVP. You've really got to make sure that the um, leaders and managers in the business are, you know, the, the EVP is going to address the problems that, that they've got because otherwise when it comes into rolling out the employer brand, actually is it going to do the things that they need it to do? So that kind of really early engagement is critical. So having a partner that can not just deliver the piece of work but be a partner that can come on the journey from the very start to get the buy-in through to them being there on the other side of developing the creative to really help uh, launch and embed that EVP for the long term and then also be a partner that can be there to keep refining it and challenge the organization to take it forward and, and kind of have a continuous improvement mindset is, is really, really uh, critical too. 
Well, this seems like a great place to wrap up our conversations on EVP and employer branding. So, Simon, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Great to join you today. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you'd like to learn more about employer value propositions and employer branding, check out the latest edition of our magazine, People Scout Next. Just go to peoplescout.com next to get your digital copy. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, visit our blog and subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review. Talking Talent is a People Scout production. Music by sound design through Shutterstock.